Hey Liz, how are you doing today? Great, episode two, I'm ready. I'm ready too. And before we get into that, I thought we're in the holiday spirit. Maybe we should share with everyone what we're doing for the holidays. Yeah, I'm excited because I have completed my holiday card already. Wow. Which I always I always wait. Like, you know, I booked the photo shoot late, but I got on top of it and the cards are in and I'm excited. So Ooh, I can't we, wait to see it. Yeah, we do something fun. So my husband has a collection of old cars and we take a photo with one of the old cars every year and so it's kind of like our thing actually this year's not an old car but a fancy car so that's really exciting it's fun we do holiday photos we usually go to the grove and do it at the tree and we're thinking about doing that this weekend and i have decided to put up a christmas tree thanks to you amazing so we're gonna do that (laughs) this weekend but one thing i always look forward to is i always do a collection of photos of the year of aiden And I give it to the grandparents because they don't get to see him that much. And so this year, I'm really excited to put it together. I haven't started yet, though, so hopefully I'm not too late with shipping. But No, you should be good. Yeah. So in the spirit of giving, it can also be a stressful time of year because there's a lot of gifts to get. And there's a lot of things that we need to spend money on. We're going to New York City. That's not a cheap place. So the holidays, as cheery as they can be, they can also bring a lot of overwhelm or angst. And that's why I'm so excited who we have here today to speak with us. And um, we have Dr. Erin, Doctor of Divinity, with us. And she's going to be speaking to us about how to get better with managing money and our mindset around money. So thank you for being here with us today. Well, I suck at managing money, so (laughs) this is going to be perfect. Just kidding. So excited. So excited to be here with you guys. And I remember those days of that Christmas card, that pressure. Oh my gosh. Do you guys still do that? Like there's digital stuff now. Like I can't believe you're still sending it in the mail. But I'm kind of like nostalgic. I still like to do the handwritten. There's nothing better. You know, I want people to receive it. Used to get like, you know, a hundred cards of people with people barely do that anymore. I love it. I I love so many. Okay. Uh, Yeah, it's my favorite. I say it's like better than any gift you get is like that one card. Yes. It's fun because, you know, all my friends are having kids it's so fun to like see Mm -hmm. how much they've grown and some people get so creative like tell a little story or something Mm -hmm. funny I love the creative ones so I'll get there one day but yes we still do Christmas cards. There's that pressure (laughs) that pressure in the post office by a certain date right? I remember that so well. It's so true. Well my son's grown he's 23 now so I think I'm holding off for a minute I just said I'm gonna like boycott all this holidays until I get a grandchild and then I'll do it all again so I'm like (laughs) taking that break I'm on break. Okay got it. It sounds good it sounds like something to look forward to but still rest in the now. (laughs) So for all those guests that are listening and they may not know who you are, could you just share a little background of Dr. Aaron? Sure. So obviously I'm a doctor of divinity. It's basically a spiritual title, if you will. I'm a spiritual practitioner and became a minister and a doctor of divinity. So it's actually a doctorate in divinity. And that's pretty much understanding your nature, how you connect with the universe, how you manifest, how you are co-creating every last drop through your mindset, right? So it's a perfect collaboration mm. because Boss Mama's Mindset, that's what we're here to talk right. about. I'm also the creator and founder of Good Morning La La Land and currently launching Soul Society, which will be the number one spiritual leader community in the world. I'm so excited about that. I'm excited about that mm-hmm. too. So on Good Morning La La Land, which I've been on before, yes. and it's such an amazing show, you do have one day dedicated to this kind of topic, don't you? We have 
Manifestation or Motivation Monday, Transformation Tuesday, Wealth Wednesday, Wealth Wednesday. A Thought Thursday, and, and Friday Feeling. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, you know, you also wrote a book. Awakening. And mm-hmm. I've been getting into it. I'm really, really loving it. From the beginning, it's like you grabbed me because she's like talking about how she couldn't wait to get back into this like meditation mm-hmm. period in your life. But the book is called Awakening. Correct. And can you tell everyone a little bit about it and why you wrote it? You know, I never planned on writing a book ever. It was actually some of my notes that I took on my 22 year journey of awakening and healing myself and embodying the mindset and all the distinctions. And then when I was getting my doctorate, I was like, I gotta get this in writing so that I, one, won't forget all this stuff. And two, I, if I were to give a gift to the world and distinguish down all the distinctions of universal law and how it all works, I wanted to create that book. So it's a 40 day guide to unleashing your spiritual powers, you know, and really just manifesting your dreams. It's so easy because it like really breaks it down. Like it goes day one, here's what you need to do. Day two, and I'm I'm on day, I can't even remember, but I really appreciate it um, a lot. So, but what got you to the point of, you know, you having this awakening? What was Mm. the... I had a stillborn. So yeah, I know that your podcast and your community is primary mothers. And I do have a 23-year-old son. But before I had my son, I was full-term pregnant. And I was actually in nursing school. I was 22 years old. And you read what to expect when you're expecting. It says if your baby stops moving, you should just go check it out. And I was like, okay. My baby was really, really active in my belly. And no movement for like the day. And I was like, that's really weird. Because he was like, you know, just all over the place. And I went in at like 5 o'clock in the evening. I should just go check it out. And I went into my doctor's office. And he was gone. The nurse was there. She was like, no problem. We'll just check it out. You know, she put the lube on the belly and, and looked. And right away, we saw there was no heartbeat. And she kind of looked at me. And she went... Let me call the doctor. And so I went over to the other hospital and he came and he said, I'm so sorry, honey, but your baby's died inside of you and you can either go home and you'll naturally begin to go into labor or we can induce you. And I was like, my baby has died and I now need to give birth to his body. Okay, cool. Let's do this thing, you know? So we went right into labor and, you know, it was like six hours of labor. So, and you do the whole labor and you bathe your dead baby. You take pictures with the dead baby and you go home without your dead baby. So the next day I woke up a little cuckoo, say the least. And <laughs> I, I, I was like, I didn't get the right pictures with my baby because I didn't have the right clothes. So I went back down to the mortician's house alone because my husband at the time was like, yeah, I'm not going. And the mortician was like, I'm so sorry. Your baby's been in formaldehyde for 24 hours, but totally set up a room. You can grieve, whatever. And it was a scene out of the movie. I went down like into the basement in this room with like red drapes and the hospital bed was in the middle with his little body there. And it's just one of those moments. Like I literally was like, how could life be so cruel? Just like that big lump in my throat. How could it be so awful? And then just a miracle happened. I was crying, 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 looking at his body. And I thought, he's gone. His body's here. We're not these bodies. Mm -hmm. He's a spiritual being. And so just it made me commit at a level. I was like, I don't care what I do in this lifetime, but I got to figure out what we're really doing and what is our real nature. So for me, it was the biggest blessing of my life. And through subconscious work, through my own healing, I really don't have any sadness around it. I really just have completed that. And I'm so grateful. And I know his spirit lives on. And it's been an incredible process. Wow. What a story. Yeah. I got emotional, but I can see what it's done for you. And it's really put you at this state and you're able to provide to everyone else. Mm. So amazing. 
Yeah, and it's one of the things that I've been working on with Dr. Aaron as well after going through my own loss this year and trying to get through that journey. And it's close to my heart, but I do see there is light with these things, you know, and the lessons that are in it and how to move forward. And I think that that's the beauty of it. And it's not any different with any difficulty that we go through, you know, whether it's loss of a baby or a loved one, whatever it may be, or hardships with money. It's Mm -hmm. all difficult. So It is. It's what we birth. That's actually part of the process of I help clients with birthing their purpose and calling. A lot of that is transforming the suffering of this lifetime and all lifetimes to know that there is a very specific purpose and calling for you to complete and the legacy for you to leave in this life. And that's one of the things I wanted to highlight a little bit because I also feel like, you know, if we don't overcome certain things there's this principle that you always talk about the law of attraction or principle of attraction where like it will keep coming back to you this yeah the way the soul works it's pretty fascinating because if you look at life and you think it's here for you to evolve and it's here for growth and it's here having you awaken again then you start looking at things much differently so the soul actually is just I mean, the law of attraction is one out of maybe, say, 40 laws. But the reality is that it is basically the law of correspondence. Life is the ultimate mirror. So any relationship we're pulling in, it's pulling in. If it's not just expanding and blissful, then it's coming in to teach you and to basically pulling those limiting beliefs up, pulling that trauma, pulling back up again for you to complete that cycle. So anytime you're in angst in any relationship, it's to complete a cycle always. Hmm. Well, that could explain the money thing that keeps coming up for (laughs) me then. Um, But, you know, I think one thing we talked about in the beginning that I really want to highlight, and that's the mindset. And in your book, actually, I'm big on the senses, so I was surprised I never even heard of this. But the guy, and since I just found him this morning, you'll have to help me on his name, that studied the water and how we talk to water. Dr. Mashito or Mashito? Yes, I will will link it when I post this. But how crazy is it that he, like, had these three containers of water with rice in it, and one he said thank you to the other one he said you know you're a piece of crap or whatever and the one he completely ignored and the one that he said thank you to grew into like this beautiful fermented Mm. like water and then the other two obviously didn't have as good of results and then he studied it with music and then he studied it with words and found that the two words that gave the most beautiful Mm. crystallization of water was like love and gratitude or compassion one of the two. Mm-hmm. So I thought this I gotta was, read my own book again. Yeah, you gotta read your book again. <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. But I was reading that and I was like, wow, you know, so the power of words is not just to us, but it's like to everything that we well, have. It's, it's frequency and vibrations. That's the thing with positive affirmations. They don't work if you don't believe them. Like that's what I wanted to ask right? you today. So you about can you that. know send all this stuff, but it's what you're really truly feeling. That is what word is. When you say the power of word, you know, or you hear a preacher doing word or whatever that is, spoken word, it's not the word, it is the feeling, the backing of the Mm -hmm. word. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that we're going to be doing in our mastermind, I bring up the difference between affirmations and visualizations, because sometimes affirmations can have a negative effect. You know, the research has shown because you say it out loud and you keep saying it, but you don't really believe it to your point. So then it doesn't have the effect that we want it. Hmm. 
because our subconscious is so powerful. But if you really believe something that you visualize or you can put something on a board, like a dream board or whatever, it becomes a little bit more genuine or easier. I don't know how to explain yeah, I think it. there's pitfalls in all this positive movement. Yeah. Mean, quite frankly, it's great. But if you don't do the core healing, then... It's just you're trying to make cake out of cow pie, they say. Right? Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. really make pie out of cow shit, as they say. <laughs> Excuse my French for any mothers that are listening to their children. <laughs> we do have it marked as sometimes profanity, so it's okay. <laughs> but on that note, so could you tell us about your relationship with money? How has it been over the years? And- sure. You know, I remember specifically I was actually waiting tables when my son was little, and I could barely put anything more than, you know, I mean... Tried not eat top ramen, but I wasn't that educated back then, quite frankly. And just trying to be on the biggest budget, I could barely put food on the table. And I had no money to my name. And I just remember thinking, there's got to be a way, and I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was, I did, I started really educating myself on what the mindset was, how people became wealthy, what assets versus liabilities were, how to leverage, how to compound, how to budget, all those things. And... I had the goal of becoming a millionaire, and I did become a millionaire by the time I was 30, becoming financially independent, as you call it, meaning that you have passive income coming off of residual, you know, assets, and it's been an incredible journey, and I think that it's something we need to master. It's something that so many people just kind of are afraid to look at. It just causes them angst, Mm -hmm. and the law of the universe is that it's all a relationship, and it's all about communication, so if you truly communicate with money then you will master it if you keep looking at it, keep educating yourself. So if you are somebody out there that's really struggling, the number one thing is to just begin to look at it. I've heard something about, and I'm sure you can expand on this, but even the way we treat our money, you know, if it's Mm. crumbled up in your purse or if it's stuffed somewhere, Mm. we're not respecting that money. Interesting. I love that. Yeah. So that's just, yeah, I think you can look at how you're treating your physical money is like maybe one of the first steps. It's so funny. I have an uncle that he actually like cleans his credit card. So I wonder if that, what that means about him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? oh, that's <laughs> interesting. That's, that's really so interesting. Funny. This is a very easy tip. One tip would be to just because I think sometimes when we don't have a good relationship with something, we try to avoid it or brush it under the rug and just hope, oh, I hope one day it just magically fixes itself. But just by saying, okay, I'm going to get dirty and I'm going to look at my whole situation and I'm not going to judge myself for it. I'm just going to look at it and be honest with where I'm at. Mm-hmm. That's like a huge step. We've all had that where we have the stack of bills. I'm like, I don't want to do this. And then by the time you get done with the bills, you're like, okay, that kind of sucked, but I feel I good feel about better. it. Right? Yeah, it's, it's like, like going that. to the gym after you haven't been in like months, mm-hmm. right? Like it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then when you're there, you're like, oh, why didn't I do this sooner? Right? Sure. Okay, so that's a very interesting first step. What would you say would be another tip after that? Sure. So- I mean, you know, I teach subconscious work. So, of course, a lot of it comes down to subconscious stuff you know what were the limiting beliefs that you have about money what were you programmed in through your parents through the movies that you watched what's your identity when it comes to your relationship with money because it really comes down to identity if you don't feel like you're enough then oftentimes you will feel like you're not enough to have money so dealing with that dealing with any traumatic incidents that happened around money sometimes you have you know parents that you felt like money was more important than you sometimes you had somebody that left you because they 
started getting money, sometimes whatever that is, right? So we need to look at those traumatic incidences and heal that and basically get down to what the limiting beliefs are. Number one, as far as subconscious work, but I think there's strategic things and you have to understand the same things that apply to the universe apply to money. It's identical in that the universe only knows abundance. There is only abundance and it's really the same mind that can create scarcity and create debt and create bondage can be used to create abundance, leveraging, passive income. And we need to know and recognize that if you're that powerful to create debt, you're that powerful to create abundance. Mm -hmm. And you have a money meditation worksheet that they can access. And what is that? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. The worksheet is kind of begins to have them kind of begin to look through their limiting beliefs. What did they believe about it? What's their story around money? What did they learn from their parents and the culture and so on and so forth? Just beginning to kind of take a look at their own belief system. And the meditation is just kind of knowing the truth. Why we call ourselves doctors of divinities is because we heal through revealing the truth. So beginning to just hear the truth about money sets people free. Amazing. Love it. I actually remember, you know, in my childhood, my mom was stay at home most of the time and my father made the money and I think the driver for me and when I realized where my relationship stood with money was I found my mom always asking my dad for permission for things like can I go get my hair done and I just even when I was a little girl I hated it I just was like so angry like mom why do you have to ask dad like you put in you know you were raising three kids and I think You know, I didn't even notice that that was a trigger for me until later on in life. I mean, I knew, you know, that it was a trigger for me going out and having my own independence and like doing my own thing. But I think that I didn't realize for so long how much it actually was embedded and impacted me. So and I think everybody has a story generally working with clients, they have a story, a story when they decided. They decided they're either going to have a lot of money or they decided they're not good enough for money or they decided whatever. I remember for me, it was my sister's birthday. I don't know how old I was. I think I was probably like around eight. And my mom was taking her to the ice skating rink for her birthday. And she said, I can only afford to bring her and two of her friends. I can't afford to bring you and whoever else. And I remember crying hysterically Mm -hmm. and being like, I decided, I was like, I don't care what it takes, but I'm going to have money when I grow up. And I think it takes that level of decision in your mind to say, I don't care what or how it's done. And if you don't have that decision, got to do some work and get mad, you know, get mad, (laughs) get mad, get mad. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. for us as entrepreneurs, like this step is so crucial because see, I grew up in a family of two professors. So they worked for a, you know, universities for 30 plus years. And I always knew I was somewhat of a black sheep of the family, even though I immediately went to college that I didn't want to work for somebody Mm -hmm. so but did I have the skill set to just go for it no there's no way so I definitely know that this talk what we're doing it's just essential for success we've got to face it head on you know and when you said that like my mind went straight to also as an entrepreneur you always talk about life's purpose I think as entrepreneurs we start because we're passionate about something 
Maybe it's your life purpose, maybe it's not, but it's a passion, right? And normally that passion is in a creative or something. It's not like, oh, I can't wait to do the accounting of my business usually, or I can't wait to like, you know, take care of my books or go into debt because I want to go after my passion, but I know I'm not going to make money for a while. Like, I don't think we really say that, you know, but that's what it takes to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you know? So any tips there? Like... I mean, I think that it, like anything, I think you definitely want to do internal spiritual work. You want to look at the limiting beliefs, but let's get straight. And actually, you're the one who, in our mastermind, I have a kind of quote in there that there's a Harvard study. And basically, they did a study on a class and they found that only 14% made goals. And the other percentage that didn't make goals made half of what those people. But there's 3% that set their goals and had a plan and they made 10 times the wealth as the other people. So the point is this, is that you've got to have a plan. So if you're going to take action today, I would definitely do a couple of things. I would Set your afternoon on the weekend or something, make yourself a pot of tea, sit down and look at your budget. And it might be hard, you know, you might have some debt, it's not gonna be pretty maybe, but get a plan. Begin to take a look at how much do you need to pay off per month, how much more little things can you do to bring some income, how can you begin to have control over this debt and how are you gonna get out of it? You need to have a plan. And this is the best thing you can do because then you feel empowered around it. It may not feel empowered at first, but it's better than just not looking at it and sweeping it under the rug, like you said. And in that, you begin to have more choice And that's what we want you to have is that choice. And then you can start to look at doing your internal work, what's really sabotaging it for you. And those are pretty much the two things that people need to do. It's great. I love these tips and I'm doing it myself right now. Mm -hmm. So I highly encourage it. I shared mine for next year with my husband last night and he was so inspired. He actually said he was going to go and do it himself. And I was really excited. That was a big milestone for us. So I think it also, this kind of mindset can encourage people around you as well. And I think that's important too, is who we surround ourselves with. When you're an entrepreneur or just busy boss mama in general, if you don't have the right support group, you know, it can make a huge difference Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, we go on that in the mastermind around creating your inner circle. Probably one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself is surround yourself with people that are thriving, committed to thriving. Mm -hmm. Did you have to get rid of a lot of people in your life? That's a great question. I wouldn't say I got rid of people, but I would (laughs) say that my ROI on certain investments on my friendships have gone up, meaning that I invest my time around people who really are up to some big stuff in their life. We collaborate, we do incredible things, and it's fun. Like I enjoy hanging out with my entrepreneurial girlfriends. And there's a few people that I got out of my life, I'm not going to lie. But generally, you know, I think you can still unconditionally love them, but put boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what steps would you say or suggest to people if they know that people are in their lives that are not necessarily good energy, especially if they want to live in a life of abundance? You know, I know how hard it can be because... You know, I've had it before where I had friends who were, oh, we could never make that much money or, oh, you know, you have really big dreams or, you know, this kind of negative talk where then it just certainly doesn't help you, you know? So how do you suggest? The gap always in suffering is the gap between accepting people exactly as they are and wanting them to be different than they are. So instead of pointing your finger at them, you have to point your finger at yourself. And I think in that you have to realize and get clear of what your values are. And if your values are to be around people that are really empowered, then it's not about making them wrong. It's not about trying to change them. It's really about focusing 
on finding people that are really empowered and focusing on those people, spending your time with them. And some people just end up not being in your life as much. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. And then this other thing that comes up for me is when you're talking about money and you're talking about like, I hear your goal and your vision was I want to be a millionaire before I was 30. And some women that are listening to this, mommies, they might think, oh my God, sounds like so much work Mm -hmm. and how can I do that and be a good mom at the same time I mean I'm already feeling guilty that I'm doing this side hustle and some people are doing it on top of full jobs and being a mom so what do you suggest in terms of that like in terms of relaxing the soul a little bit and you know sure I think when people are doing their budget they can also do a dream budget and go if you put 10% of your income aside what does that compound over the next 10 years or whatever that is so it's not about I'm gonna have to save a million dollars like no instead of you know spending that extra money on the Starbucks or whatever it is that you do kind of reel that in a little bit or, you know, have more income coming in and put 10% away and begin to notice how compounding and leverage is incredible what it will do for you over 10 years. Get educated. You can go on Google. You can find that compounding calculator. If you compounded a penny every day versus getting a million dollars, I think that compounding of the penny would be I think it's like 10 times as much over 10 years. I don't know what that is. It's been a long time since I calculated that. But compounding is incredible what it will do. Mm-hmm. What I'm interested in is like investing back in your business. Mm-hmm. Do you have tips for that? Because as entrepreneurs, we kind of like have to pave our own way. But when I've spent money on my business is when the goods have come. Sure. So I think there's to- a difference between cash flow and assets. And that's what people need to educate, especially online, right? So we have cash flow. Say you're a coach. It's a service business and you have clients and you have X amount coming in from that. That's called service. When you stop working, the money stops flowing, right? That's not considered an asset. An asset is something that works for you when you're sleeping or whatever. So for example, if you're a coach, you may end up considering training other coaches that work under your brand. And then they go out and they work. And when when you are on vacation with your family and your children, you're still having money come in. So that would be considered an asset or the company itself. As you build that brand, that becomes an asset that can be sold off or that could be sold off as districts. It can Mm -hmm. be sold off as whatever. So I truly always have my clients look at you know, becoming the best version of themselves, getting their cash flow up so the stress goes down, but then to always building some kind of an asset. Sure. And investing in some education for yourself. For sure. Absolutely. I think too many people want to be that six and seven figure coach and they're frustrated because they just don't necessarily have the skill set yet. And don't beat yourself up like that's the universe saying you need more training and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I love that. Me Mm -hmm. too. I want to explore something that I feel would be really good for our audience is to understand the dynamics and the relationship when it shifted for you with money did you notice a difference in it shifting with the relationship with your child with Mm. your son you know I think as a mom you're always like I I could have done better you know (laughs) always even like today and for me money equals freedom and that's a funny thing because it's usually what holds us back from making money because we want freedom but we want Mm -hmm. money. You usually don't get a lot of freedom at first when you're making money. So for me as a mom, I think you want to have experiences with your child more than anything. And as you have more money, you're able to have more options of what those experiences are. So for me, being an empowered mom means having money. 
And a lot of people think that money is kind of something separate and money is love. Money is exchange of energy. And I think that as moms, we need to get over having guilt about wanting money. It's okay to want money. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. I think a lot of the times, you know, we've talked about this. There are women that feel that they shouldn't or can't make as much as their husband. You know, and there's such stigma in society and culture, and and it's tough. I mean, you know, there's definitely a period, and I like what you said about the cash flow and the assets, because if you're working towards building more assets, you know, when those moments come in your life where there is a normal setback with giving birth and wanting to spend the time with your kids or whatever, you don't have to feel like, oh my God, I have to surrender to my business because how else am I going to, you know, make money? So I think that there's a lot for a woman to deal with, but there's also a lot of ways for us to deal with it effectively. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you're with a team building a family. I had joint custody and we had our own thing. So it was had its challenges, but it also had its freedoms because then I had half the week that I could work extra and do whatever. So hopefully whether you're in a family, whether that be traditional or non-traditional, or whether you have your child part-time, whatever, I mean, I think that it's just what you really care about. And if you demand that you need to have money, then you'll find time. It'll make its path. How do you deal with that statement, though? Because we hear this a lot from we've been doing a lot of calls with people to gear up for our mastermind. And the common thing that we hear is I don't have enough time. Sure. It's just lack of commitment. You don't have enough time for something you're not committed to. It has nothing to do with time ever. If you really are committed to something, you will figure out. If you have a a meeting with Oprah (laughs) next week, I promise you'll find some time for it. Mm -hmm. That's funny. You know, I've worked for a few people in my life. I call myself a serial entrepreneur because I feel like I've never like worked for someone, but I have worked for people where I had to be somewhere at some time. And I always said, "Mm, when I'm not working for someone, I'm going to go to the gym during the day. And you know what? I go to the gym at 5 a.m. because I need to find time to do other things. So something that I wanted that I can do today, I don't do because I know that time is better spent working on my business. Mm -hmm. So so that's my little two cents about that. (laughs) Well, you can look and see what someone's committed to by just looking at their life. Mm -hmm. Period. What are you committed to? Just look at someone's life. That's what they're committed to. So, you know, if you're listening now... You can simply look at your life. What are your finances like? What is your health like? What are your relationships like? And how fulfilled are you? And if one of those you don't like the answer, there's nowhere to point the finger except for yourself and do the work. There's so much free content out there. There, You can pick up books. You can start doing the work. You can go to all kinds of group programs. Or you can spend some good money and, and get the right coach or be in the right mastermind with these ladies or whatever and do it. So, you know, it's now or never. This isn't dress rehearsal. This thing called life. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love the other day we were talking and you said to me, because, you know, you, we're, as entrepreneurs and, and boss mamas, we're like CEOs of our business. But we often forget we're also CEOs of our own life. And you said that to me and I was like, wow, that was like a a moment. I was like, yeah, I guess I am. There's nowhere to point the finger. And a CEO doesn't ever point the finger. A CEO takes full responsibility for everything, the consciousness within the business, the protocol of how to handle things. They always are the one that's responsible. So being a CEO of your life in all areas is if you want to be a boss lady, you got to do it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely. 
Okay, so thank you so much for being with us today. I feel like I got so much out of it, and I think people will too. There's a lot of good takeaways and things, you know, action steps that people can take. And where can people find you on social? It's all drerin.tv, which is D-R-E-R-I-N.tv. We're launching Soul Saiete this month. Well, it's actually not launched until January 1st, but we're doing some beta stuff right now. And um, you can grab the link, I think, below for a free money meditation and worksheet. Start there. Get involved with these amazing women. Reach out. Whatever community speaks to you is the right community for you. And just get involved. And, and it's all it's all uphill from there. Downhill. Uphill, <laughs> uphill downhill. <laughs> a roller coaster. <laughs> awesome. And, and I wanted to just, we're gifting you a fun mama box. So um, Mama Needs Box is our sponsor for our podcast. And they have an amazing concept. So what this mama does is she does themed boxes. So each month has a different theme. And there's like about six gifts in there all about Mama Needs Peace. Peace is December. That's awesome. Mama needs peace. And so all related to just self-care and making sure you're filling your own cup. So that will be coming your way towards the end of December. I'll be unboxing it on social media. We would love that. Thank Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) And we also will be giving a gift from I'll Sip to That. So it's a really fun way to bring to your holiday parties a bottle. They have tags that say funny, humorous things on there, and they're putting in a gift of five tags that are holiday-themed. So, you know, it's beginning to look a lot like cocktails is one of the <laughs> tags. So, And we also have for our audience a coupon code from I'll Sip to That. I'm going to put it in the text of the podcast and I will also put it on Instagram and you know for anyone out there they're a small business of women and they have a really clever idea so you should definitely get one of these Mm. gift packs yes support those small businesses yeah and we want to thank you all for listening to us we've had a wonderful time speaking to Dr. Erin please tell us what did you find the biggest takeaway and let us know on social boss mom mindset hashtag boss mama's mindset on instagram and also if you could leave us a rating and a review on itunes that would be great and that means more people can know about us yeah and what we're gonna do is we're going to talk about the best comments on instagram so we'll be able to feature that on our podcast and any questions or anything you want to dig in we'll feature your comments absolutely so until the next episode Keep it real and have a great holiday, boss mamas.